0: Hello and welcome to the Raised the Men Show, and I'm your host Craig Carlisle. Super Tuesdays, you know how we do. Channel Virginia. Hope you're enjoying yourselves, and thank you for following right here on WKBY 1080 AM. So you know, I'm a series guy, right? You know, I've done some one-off stuff before, and we just came out of a really big series. You know, dinner served, and I thank you all for for following and for spending some time with us, really digging in there. Man, it was it was awesome but I really find myself back in there again in another topic that I'm really wrestling with. Well, you know, it's politics, right? It's it's that time. It's election season. It's Everybody's been campaigning for some time and so many things going back and forth and we don't really know what the truth is. You got pandemic on one side. You got, you know, protesting another side. We got gun violence. We got racial injustice on the, And I, I'm not a political guy. I'm just a dad. Just a father just, just just a man, just a child of God trying to figure out what to do. And I'm trying to be obedient to the Lord, so I have to be. I have to raise the question. And I'm I find myself wondering where in the world are we right now going into election season? And I am not, not a political pundit. I'm not I'm, I'm gonna, you know, propose, you know, one candidate or another, and, and I'm gonna do my best not to even mention any of their names because I'm finding myself frustrated on both sides of the aisle. I never profess to be one party or another party or independent or whatever you want to call it. I'm, I'm a child of God and I'm a parent first. and I, I've always gone by the saying that if you want to destroy a friendship and a family, break up a household or a church, talk politics. I know I've said that on this show before. And I don't have to worry about you know losing any listeners you know for political views and that are that may come about or anything I'm going to say and on the show and and I, I again I'm I've said before in several shows in the past I'm not trying to be that Howard Stern the shock jock of Christian talk but I'm gonna give it to you real and I'm really gonna just talk from where the Lord has me be because I, it, this is I may do a a, a a story or a series or I may teach a devotional that I've written that the Lord has given me I, I mean give that word straight from God, make that Raymond word is going to come, but it's always going to be based on what the Lord has to say. So today we're we're going to teach. Yes, we're going to, we're going to talk through this thing, but it's going to be real because I find myself trying to pull away from social media. I find myself turning off the TV and leaving it off. I find myself not wanting to look at anything and talk to anybody out there for a variety of reasons, because we were just in the throes and the beginning stages of this, this whole pandemic. I, I, I said before on the show, I, I had to even look up what the word pandemic really even meant. I, 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 you know, I'm an educated guy. I've been to college. No big deal. I love words. And I, I've heard of an epidemic before. And then I thought, okay, I had to look that up. And what's the difference between an epidemic and a pandemic? And a pandemic is a really, really big epidemic that's affecting multiple states, countries, and geographical regions. Well, what's interesting is we we're dealing with this whole COVID nineteen and this pandemic here of you know just health and wondering what we're doing and how do you catch this thing? Is it real? Is it a hoax? Or is it, or is it just something that has been that is a real thing? But what I'm convinced of is that we have a pandemic of fear and ignorance actually going on. It has nothing to do with there being a. COVID-19, 20, 25, or 30, COVID-12, or whatever you want to call it, which is SARS. We just have a pandemic of a lack of faith and belief in our God. We're dealing also with, as everybody knows, I mean, I'm not giving anything that's any different. I mean, we're talking about race relations and we're talking about you know, excessive political, no, not political, police violence and brutality. Okay, we're not even going to get into that because I, I I find myself okay for those who don't know those who are new to the Raising Men show and you know I'm sorry I didn't introduce myself I'm your host Craig Carlisle okay so check that box did that right but I, but if you're listening to it unless you're you know actually tuned in on the radio for the first time and you're wondering what in the world are you listening to well, who's that guy on the radio well that's me okay but if you if you click on the links on social media if you follow us at Raising Men on you, you're gonna know who I am so. Yeah, I'm a I'm a six foot three black guy, weigh about 250 pounds, and it used to be all muscle and tussle, but now it's getting a little soft. I got to get back into the gym and get that get that you know COVID nineteen pounds off, so we can get back right. But the real is, I I, I had somebody else. I don't know why. I, I, maybe I'm the one who's. I know enough people of of multiple cultures, and they feel comfortable with me to to ask the question, and they'll get a straight answer without a, being offended, and, I, and I'm okay with that because it comes down to, you know, truly, we have to have a conversation. We've got to be able to have an open dialogue, and I and I would rather have the dialogue with those, you know, as the young man has the online program now, talk about those painful, uncomfortable conversations, and. You know, maybe this is going to be, you know, a series of uncomfortable conversations because that's really where I find myself. But I find myself answering the questions or people asking me, well, Craig, what about this? George Floyd. What about the guy Blake? What about the other guy I just saw on Instagram who just got beat down and punched repeatedly by a sheriff? He was, two sheriffs were on top of the young man. The dude was, he had to have been no more than 5'7". If he weighed 140 pounds soaking wet with my shoes on, okay, he was that. And I get it. One officer said that the guy bit him. Okay. I, hey, I'm sorry. If somebody bite me, I, I'm going to be upset too because I don't want to get have to take another hepatitis test or, or a shot and do all these kind of things because I'm in fear of my life. I get it. But there's a point where you have to wonder, does it really matter? And if it doesn't matter about how much force is used, if it doesn't matter if the person was a criminal or not, if it doesn't matter whether I shot him seven times, one time, or if it doesn't matter to you if I beat him in the face with my fist or a billy club, or, or if it doesn't matter to you that a a youth that I know didn't have a permit for a gun, is walking a right, or long gun, short gun, small gun, tall gun, what are you going to talk about? Walking down the center of a street, shoots and kills some protesters, turns itself in later, or goes to the police station later, and they say, oh, no, no, you, you, maybe you're just having a bad day. Go home and take a nap and come back later. If it doesn't matter to you that things are this way, that we're not following God's plan. And then I just had a conversation with another friend of mine. If it doesn't matter that just complying is not the answer to whether or not I should be worried or have to be worried or not, if I'm going to get shot, killed, or abused, or mishandled by an officer. If it doesn't matter that things are just out of balance, then there's a problem. So I'm not sure what really does matter. Because when we, as well, I want to say as an African American, because when I grew up in from 1969 to, you know, eight minutes and some change ago this year, I was an African American, and then George Floyd gets killed, and then we went to being black. Because I, I I grew up in that time when we were told we were. African-American, because we, since we had come from the slave trade and were brought over forcibly to this country, we didn't have a country to tie our our, our roots back to when we were saying we were just black, Negro, colored, spit upon, thought less of. And when I have a couple of friends who are, you well, know, I have one really good friend that's African. He'll tell you in a minute that, you know, Afri- that American blacks are looked down upon in so many cases in Africa because we don't have a knowledge of who we are. We don't have a knowledge of 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 our culture. We don't know where we've come from. Yeah, I mean, we know we've come from that continent or ancestors have come from that continent. Now we're talking about, you know, several hundred years of rem- being removed from there. So I have no concept or clue of where I would have been and who I would have been related to and what tribe I would have been a part of, and that's unfortunate. In this country right now I can't say the country. That's not that's not even that's not even make it that way. There's a lot of people within the country make it when a black person decides to talk about being black and I'm proud to be black because my life matters. It's it's an instant polarization. It's well, yeah, yeah, black lives do matter, but you know, blue lines blue lives matter and and yellow lines matter and white lives matter and Pink lives matter and rainbow lives matter and we all matter because we're all children of God, right? We all matter. But but it's okay to have a St. Patrick's Day and, and rave about what it is to be Irish. And it's okay to have a, a, a day when I'm Italian and I'm, I'm celebrating my culture and my heritage. It, it's okay to have the 4th of July when I could celebrate my independence here as an American. It's okay to do all of those things. But when you have a Juneteenth, let's stop and make it real. All of a sudden, it's like, really? Do you think you do you think you need a day to celebrate being Black? Even from the fa- standpoint of in, in February, the shortest month of the year, you give us Black History Month. Okay, well, if we got to give him something to talk about, something to feel good, somewhat good about, let's give them the shortest day of the month. so We get that crap out of it, and get, they'll be out of their system, and we'll be on to the next thing. So, even going through Black History Month the question becomes does it really take all that do we really need to hear all that when every moment of every year waking up is what we know of what we don't have so i'm i'm asking the question you can you can definitely hit me up on at the raising men show or even at raising men it's up to you it's r z n g m e n to make sure we spell it right I want to know, does it matter? Does it matter to you that when I walk in the morning in Carlsbad or La Costa, depending on where you want to say, I mean, the the zip code says Carlsbad, but these fancy community people say La Costa, and everybody's like, who, you live in La Costa? Oh, my gosh, it's La Costa, La Costa. I don't really, I'm thankful for what the Lord has provided. I'm thankful for where we live, but when I walk in the morning, I'm thankful. To, I'm thankful to make it back safely. I'm thankful to make it back without incident. I'm thankful to make it across town without someone look at me funny. I'm thankful to have made it back when I got pulled over from, by the police officer by a police officer just two weeks ago because the light bulb over my tail uh, over my license plate was out. And I get it. That's an infraction. I didn't know it was you know it was out. I don't you know walk around and service check the car to make sure all my light bulbs are are checked you know maybe I should maybe I should maybe that maybe that is something on the D- department of motor vehicles test that you should service check your car but I t- I promise you when that for those when I got lit up coming from the barber shop with four of my five sons in the back of my truck I told the kids pay attention let's go everybody off your phones Headphones out, earpieces out, iPods out, whatever, earpod, earbuds, whatever you want to call it, out your ears, pay attention, everybody look, because we're getting pulled over. Rolled all my windows down, so I didn't want to have any issues with the tinting on my windows. I didn't want to have anything come up like a misunderstanding. I had my hands on the steering wheel in plain sight because I had a friend of mine, we just had this conversation. Friend of mine was like, come on, if you just comply, if you just, you know, listen to the officers, there's no reason for you to get, you know, beat down or or abused because you just have to listen. You just have to comply. I don't have a criminal background. Don't have a nasty history. You know, never been in trouble with the law. Don't have a criminal record. Never had one. Don't want one. You know, so they're like, well, Craig, you won't have any problem. Well, I'm already at a disadvantage. I'm, I'm a black guy. It was nighttime. Black truck, black windows. In this case, I guess I had a black light out on the back of the truck. Policeman came over to the side of the vehicle. First thing out of his mouth, "Oh, you guys are are young. I thought you were just a bunch of old guys, older people in here." And I thought to myself, "I wonder what would have been his response to me." If my sons were all, at this point in their lives, 18 or over, 20 or over, what if we've been regular adults? Would it have mattered? Would it have changed the narrative? I don't know because it didn't happen. So we, I can't speculate and wonder, okay, well, you know, would he have really taken advantage of us? Did he really mean to do it? And. And I'm thankful that we don't have to wonder. But my concern still is, Lord, where, where were you in that? And I know you were right there with us, keeping us safe. So I sit there. As the police officer was talking and he's running the plates and my license and he was talking to someone on the phone, I'm sure someone at the dispatch, where they were giving him the information about, you know, my insurance was paid, that the registration was paid, they are running my information, there was no warrants for the vehicle, no warrants for me, and he had conversation for us, you know, where do you go to, for my kids, you know, where do you guys go to school, and, you know, what grade are you in, and, oh, you go to that particular high school, oh, wow, and I was not in my local city, and the whole time I'm thinking, okay, Lord, where is this going to go, are we going to wind up on TV today? Are my kids gonna have one of those incidents where they're always gonna remember this? Either this is how their father got paralyzed, shot, killed, died, or beat, or whatever this turns out to be. Now I'm thankful that nothing happened negative. The officer did come up to the side after he figured out and identified the fact that there was, you know, younger people in the car, and of course my kids are that were with me, we were twelve, fourteen. 15 and 16. He did tell me why he'd stopped me. Both my license plate lights were out. After about 10 minutes of waiting with him, and thankfully he didn't make us get out of the vehicle and wait on the curb in front of everybody with or without handcuffs. And I don't know what the procedure was. I must, I have to, because it all turned out well, I have to say that this was the proper procedure. It was a proper, legitimate stop. I'm sure it was. I didn't know. He let me off of the verbal warning please get that. Those lights uh, replaced and fixed as soon as you possibly can. Please believe I went and bought those light bulbs the very next day. They were installed two days later. No, I didn't drive, drive that vehicle anymore in the dark without those light bulbs being fixed because I didn't want to have any problems. Because I don't need to draw any more attention to myself. And in people, maybe say, you know, it's oh, Craig, you know, it's unfortunate that you have to feel the way. I don't, I don't want the unfortunate pity because I can't change who I am. I can't change my my skin complexion. I can't. Fake the fact I can't pass for not being black. That's it's just who I am. But now I have to answer the kid the the, the question for my sons, Dad, why did he stop? Well, he stopped us because of the lights. So that's why he stopped. So we don't have to work through the issue of a good cop bad cop. But now with my twelve year old, since that time, he's he's hugging me a lot more. He's spending a lot more time with me, you know, when I'm when I'm relaxing and he's feeling some kind of way, he now comes to see me because we're distance learning right now, probably about four times a day while he's in school, every break he gets, he comes and gives me a hug. It Okay, for some people, they may think, oh, it's wonderful, your kid hugs you. But that's not a child who did that on a regular basis. He's hugging me now because he's afraid. He's wondering what could have happened. He's he's trying to balance between what he's reading on social media to what he's getting on on. That experience of wondering what could have happened. So now we're wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and high places. Where in his mind he's dealing with the fact of what could have happened to him. So it has nothing to do with it didn't happen. So just just shut up and play, shut up and live. But that child now has has signs of post traumatic stress disorder because he's wondering about how that could have been us, how that could have been him. I don't know how many white kids ever wonder about a police stop. I don't know if any other cultures wonder about a police stop. There may be in the Hispanic community, yeah, probably. But now, it's another question. I was already having to deal with the George Floyd and now this Blake question and now in all the other question marks and again, I'm not trying to sanction this and say that I agree with the fact of any of these people who were stopped for whatever proper reason they were stopped for in violation of the law or not. I'm just saying their stops didn't go well. Our stop went well. But now my post-stop Isn't going well because I got a kid that's jacked up, and we're dealing with the cleanup of of that. And people ask me, "Well, Craig, how come it does? Why are we always talking about Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter?" Because it matters because that little boy now has a question mark on who he is, and is it okay to be who he is? Because He's wondering what does it look like, and why do people that look like him get such a bad deal? So I ask you, what really matters? I probably should go to break. I'll stop rambling so much. I don't think I've even had the commercials turned on properly in this episode. I apologize. It's twenty minutes in, and we haven't had commercials, so we'll be right back. Gonna take a minute, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Raising Men Show, and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. Again, I, we're in this series, Political Party. This is, I don't know if it's going to be a one-shot series or two. We, we have to follow the Lord because obedience is better than sacrifice. So this is at least episode one where we're dealing with what really matters. We'll be right back. It's been a long time. Preach, preach If you This is Mr. C, the host of The Framework, a Christian hip-hop music show. We're all getting back to life and looking for something new, clean, and something to bob your head to. Well, here it is. My four youngest sons and I, we're playing the best in Christian hip-hop music. Mainstream, indie, local artists, you name it. You don't have to be a super producer to get on the show. Follow The Framework on social media for airtimes and locations. This is Craig Carlisle, the host of The Raising Men Show, and I'm also an executive producer of the independent feature film Restored Me. It's a powerful, feel-good dramedy that centers around a young man trying to restore his relationship with his young daughter and her mother after his wrongful incarceration. This film speaks to restoring your faith and pushes a bold message of positivity and motivation. The cast includes Gary Owen, Bill Duke, William Young Lee, Matt Gerald, Richard T. Jones, Malik Yovo, Yancy Arias, and both Casper Smart, just to name a few. Restore Me is available on over 100 digital markets, including iTunes, Amazon, and on demand from your local cable provider. Buy it, rent it, either way, I'm asking you to watch it. It'll bless your life. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlisle, on WKBY 1080 AM. And welcome back to The Raising Men Show, and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. We're talking about political party as a series, and we're dealing with... Does it really matter as our topic for this first week? And so the first block, as I rented and raved and I stepped on that soapbox, and here we went, dealing with what is it? What really matters? And breaking up churches and families and friendships. And I, I tell you, I have lost several people. What does I say lost. I've decided to unfriend several people, and I've decided to, I'm sure I've been unfriended by several people, and I've also stopped following a, quite a collection of people on on Instagram and other forms of social media, largely because I really, I really don't like the view of what they're portraying. And I understand that there's the freedom of speech and freedom of expression. That's what this country and this great country has been founded upon, and I and I get it. And I'm not taking anything away from this country and this Constitution, our Constitution, what our forefathers fought for. And I have to say that my dad was military. So don't, you know, please, if this is your first experience with the Raising Man Show, uh, God bless you. You have definitely come in on a good day. So I'm not trying to say I'm anti-American. I'm not anti-anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving this country. There's no there's no place for me. And I'm not saying that I'm not leaving to go visit Africa or any other country. I've been to foreign countries before. I've been to Ireland. So don't, don't get it twisted. I've been to Ireland like seven times on business. I've been to Brussels seven times on business. I've been to uh, Austria. I've been to Singapore. I've I've been to places Outside, I've been to Mexico deep. It wasn't like I went to Tijuana, that was it. No, I went to Mexico. I've had some good times and I've been to Jamaica. I've I've been out of the country. I am going to go to several parts within the continent of Africa and see where my forefathers came from. Yes, I'm going to get that trip in and, and I'm going to take all of my sons with me on that trip because I want them to see that. It's important to me. But I don't, I don't know where other than the Holy Land that we're going to go. We'll go beyond that, of course, too, because when we talk about what really matters, is it politics? Do I get behind the current, the the incumbent, who says he's done a lot of things for the Black community? I made he made Juneteenth popular, and I, and when I first heard that, I laughed, and you know, there's some other. Uh, Friends of mine, they were laughing too, but not laughing from the standpoint of thinking it was genuinely funny, but laughing in peril and disgust, you know. But I had to stop my friends and say, well, well, hold on, let's just talk through this real quick because the truth is because of the lack of knowledge and because of the climate that we're in politically and the era that we're in again, socially and racially, Yes, he has made Juneteenth popular because there's probably more light brought to the Juneteenth than it just passed a month or two ago, three months ago, than probably at any point in history since the inception of Juneteenth. Because even within the black community, Juneteenth may or may not be spoken of much. I talked to another friend of mine who's got a daughter who was taught a lot about was raised on what Juneteenth was. I had not taught a lot about it in my own home because I'm dealing with the other factors in my house right now with just being black males. Dealing with the fact of how to walk, how to live, how to go, and be confident in who we are currently at this moment right now. People say, well, yeah, but that's what Juneteenth can help you with. And I I get it. I fully understand that. But with the the only way that you can eat a water buffalo or a hippo or an elephant is to do it one bite at a time, and I can't teach my sons everything at once, one step. Just like with the other show we produce, the Lord blesses with which is called the Framework. It's a Christian hip hop music show, and when we first started doing it, my what the Lord told me to do as a goal was to teach my sons how to do it so it would be their show that they would be producing and not me because, you know, it's funny enough that a 51-year-old dude is the host of a hip-hop show, but that's just because that's where, you know, I'm already in the industry and it was an easier transition to Crossover. You know, I've done, you know, DJed and been music and the like for years. So I have the experience behind it. But I'm not going to be a 70 or 80-year-old jock on the radio or TV doing anything with Christian hip-hop. Now, I may be the 70, 80-year-old guy who's doing a talk show, this talk show, and other talk shows, you know, helping and teaching and, and discussing the issue and growing and helping the community, yes. But, you know, I'm not going to wear, you know, wearing all the tight jeans, skinny jeans, wear whatever happens to be in style at that time, talk, you know, doing Christian hip-hop. Whether I have the voice for it or not, that's just not going to be something I really want to do. Behind the scenes, being the executive producer, still you know helping to manage the program. Okay, yeah, I'd love to be able to kind of look at that and help those learn what it is to produce. But I'm not going to be that guy. But the reality is, we have I have to teach my kids how to do that, and I couldn't just throw them in and say, "Hey, here, go produce the show and walk away." I have to teach them for one how how do you present yourself on radio, on a mic. What are we doing here? Had to get them to be comfortable. So there were steps and phases and stages with this thing. So we're, we're right, coming around right upon twenty weeks of airing in with the framework, and we're just not getting to the point where my two middle sons that they can, you know, create a show, edit it themselves, and present it. There's just one last step I need to teach them. And they won't need me to create that show at all in any aspect. But that's, you know, eight, 12 weeks worth of step by step. That's still monitoring, not just taking my hands off of them, but that's monitoring. So it's just like the same thing with teaching our kids things about black history. You got to start with the foundation, you got to make sure the foundation is, is solid. When I was married, my father in law. At that time was into concrete. He was a concrete foreman, or and he knew what it was to make a concrete pad or for buildings for patios. So don't just think the guy just did your backyard patio. He wasn't just that guy he He poured sidewalks and streets and curbs and cities, and he worked for large corporations that built buildings and stadiums and places where thousands of people will be a part of and be able to go into and out of and walk on top of for years and generations upon generations to come so he understands the philosophy he understands what it is and I watched him work I've been out there with him dragging that doggone hose pipe around and digging trenches and setting forms with him and and working with him make sure that it was balanced And in just my own backyard yes but that was enough to let me know I don't want to work with him he's demanding and that's hard work out in the sun and in the cold and I don't want to be it's not something I wanted to do but with a foundation, it has to be thick enough, done right, with a proper slope to allow the, the perils of life the, to run off, the water to run off of the concrete just right and not sit and pool up. I needed my kids to have a foundation of, in this and in their life where when they came across difficult situations, the situation didn't just pool and sit there with them and weigh up on them. They knew how to cast that care. They knew how to make that roll off of their back. They, they knew how to take those words that people were saying to them that weren't so nice. They they, they they know how to take the situations with a with a good or bad police stop to to fall off their back like water. How to give their cares or cast their cares on God, on him, because he cares for them. They they needed to know those single steps at a time because yeah, I, I was that guy back in college where I was getting into, into radical black nationalism. Yeah, I was reading those books by Francis Cress Wilson sitting in their poolside while I was on my internship, you know, reading all of this radical black nationalism. I, I, it wasn't the, the ISIS paper, wasn't the first book I'd read about the topic. I was, you know, on about seven or eight at that moment, and I was reading and I was getting, you know, kind of excited about what I was reading, and I kind of felt some kind of way about people in general and, and thought I was whatever I thought I was. And so. It was my first encounter, I think, with really hearing from the Lord really, really clear. And I remember that particular summer. I was in Midland, Texas, sitting poolside, reading the ISIS papers. And it was Dr. Francis, Francis went had a couple passages in there that really tickled my ear. And I was all excited about what it was saying. And then the Lord spoke to me. And he says, you should read more about my love and my and, As much about me as you're reading about that, what's in that book, which is teaching not so much love. And I was like, wow. Because that's for real. If I say that I love God and don't spend any time getting to know who he is and what he says, which is good for our life my life, how to teach my children's children's children, how to leave a legacy behind. And that's what that's all about, leaving a legacy of good and not for something for evil. So, and I'm not saying there's anything evil about Francis, Dr. Francis kersh saying. I'm not saying there's anything evil about the ISIS papers. I'm not saying there's anything evil about reading about something that increase, increases and enriches your knowledge of who you are. But if it sets it against the knowledge of God, it's obviously not from the Lord. So I had to learn and have my foundation of God, and of what he wanted for me first. I had to set the foundation of love. I had to make sure it was cured just right. So when the, when the, the weight of life sat and rested upon me, that I didn't crack and fall apart, that I was not destroyed. So the building that the Lord was, was creating on top of that foundation wasn't going to be something worthless and eventually rot and fall apart. So I had to have a foundation firmly rooted in the Word of God and His love before I could then go back and read books by any author that was going to give me some knowledge that I had to think about and then choose whether or not I wanted to believe it. Again, we're talking about political party and what's really important. I'm your host, Craig Carlisle, and you're listening to The Raising Men Show. We're going to take another break, last break of the day, and then we'll be right back with the last part of this first particular series, or episode of this series, a Political Party. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. My name is Eric Tomlinson with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate, where we design the sale of your home around you. With our nationwide network of agents, you and your family are at the center of every decision, conversation, and step of the journey to your next home. From hello to congratulations, selling your home with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate is designed to both learn and surpass your expectations. Call me today at 951-970-6727 so we at the Tomlinson Group can begin surpassing your expectations today. We want to work for you. How do you avoid pitfalls that will disrupt your life? My office is very good with helping families, protecting assets, building wealth, college flexible plans, tax-free retirement, and so much more. I am john Treese Wells with Royal Financial Group, licensed to help million-dollar families, businesses, and everyone in between. You can contact me at 951-757-4202. Or email me at jw.nofamilyleftbehind at gmail.com. I'm about your family. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlisle, on WKBY 1088. And you're back, you're back, you're back. Last segment here. And again, we're dealing with political party. And this is the first in this series. This show is called. What really matters, and as and as I hope, as you're staying with us and you're listening through this, and you're asking yourself what really matters and what is really important. Because I know in last segment I, I didn't close out the thought. So there's two thoughts I want to make sure we close up. One is dealing with the fact of why I have decided to unfollow and friend and stop paying attention to some people that I know and some I know well. Dealing in this political season, it's it's a politics. It's a hot topic right now. It's it's sensational. It's people want to hear, you know, their guy won, their woman won, their their choice win, and they. I get it. I, that's a wonderful thing, but what does it really mean? What does it really matter? Because there's there's not a candidate out there right now that can really do anything. Because if you know anything about, well, let me not say it that way. So, if, so Lord forgive me. I'll take that. I'll cancel those words. Our capitalistic system, our governmental structure here in this country, it's set so right now that the Senate and the House of Representatives, Congress itself, is in control. We can't even elect the president as the popular vote. So there's all this conversation going on about this person, that person for president, this person, that person for president, he, she, it whatever my dog could run for political party and I could vote for my dog. I can run a ad campaigns on, you know, pay-per-click and, you know, the different video ads and that you'd have on social media and my dog could have a, you know, seventeen million or hundred million followers and probably win the election from a popular vote. But if the The Congress doesn't vote for my dog. My dog loses. is it unfair? Yeah, I think it's ridiculous to have a system like that. Then what? What does it matter if I go vote? I know, and and I know when people when they hear that, oh my gosh, the black guy just said, what does it matter if I go vote? And and I hear you. It it matters. My vote matters. So so there, just like they said at my favorite ice cream little. Soft serve of ice cream shop. They said their toppings matter too. So there. If we're gonna, if you're gonna be upset because I said that, then that's just making everybody upset today. It it, it doesn't really matter. and if, if you're a political person and that's out there right now, and you say, "Oh no, Craig, this is the reason why we have the popular vote," then educate me. Reach out to me at at the Raising Men show. Help me. Bring me. In, in fact, we can have a dialogue on the on a show next week. It doesn't matter to me. I want the the knowledge. Now I know it matters for who we vote for. For you know. For Congress, that makes sense. I know it my vote matters when it comes to things about laws and bills that need to be passed. Yes, I got that. No problem. But from a from the chief, the commander-in-chief perspective, that you know, voting for the president of these United States of America? No. My my research, my understanding of it is that it does not matter. Because the Electoral College is where the vote is actually taking place. The power is actually in the Electoral College. So that part of it doesn't matter. Does it matter if someone talks about this all day long on their social media? Yeah, it does matter to me. Because I'm wondering, where's your, where's your mind at? So I had to find out for myself, like, Lord, what are we saying about politics? What do you say about politics? And I started to wonder and look and, you know, I I wanted to stand on the word of God. So I went and did a search. And so I found that there's a hundred Bible verses out there that just make reference to the concept of politics. Some of these, I'm sure for for black Americans, you're going to use some of these and go, man, this is. These are some of the scriptures that were used to keep the slaves in order. And I get it. Because the Lord wanted a system of government in place to keep people in order. And, and I'm sure just like with everything else that we have that we put in place, it can be abused. It has been abused and misused. And I'm not saying all politicians are bad. So please, you know, if you want to be upset, politicians' lives matter too. So yes, yes they do. But a, a scripture that it's tough when not applied right. Is Romans thirteen one to seven? Let every person be subject to governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, who resist authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror, but conduct. Or wait, I'm sorry. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct. To bad, would you not fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive approval, for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. He does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of the lord an avenger of who carries out god's wrath on the wrongdoer therefore we must be in subjection not only to avoid god's wrath but also for the sake of conscience okay so yes that has a good point if your leadership is following god's command right so if your leader is or your leader your leadership your governmental body your structure your local state and elected officials if they're following god's word and his authority then yes All that is wonderful. But if that's not the case, and it's not going to be the case on all cases for this country because we're not a country founded upon the Word of God. Now, I understand that Pledge of Allegiance references God, one nation under God, says it's indivisible, means we cannot be divided because we are one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Not just for all that are of one complexion, but it says for all. But the reality is that's just a fancy saying right now, fancy poem, because it's not being upheld at any court judicial level on a regular basis. It's not being upheld on the streets or anywhere else when it comes to widespread uh, political and police-enforced power. This is where we have a problem. First Timothy two one and two says first of all that I urge, uh, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, not just one group, all across the board, universally, people. It doesn't specify a particular group, or a cultural group, or a tribe. All people for kings and all who are in high positions. That we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. And let me clear up something real quick before I start getting unnecessary, you know, blue lives matter and thin line. There's a thin line between love and hate messages. I have no problem with, with law enforcement. I can't say that some of my best friends are law enforcement. I happen to know maybe two people that are police officers and that I could kind of pull off the top of my head. I have no problem with the law, no problem following it, no problem with it with it being enforced properly. but when it's in excess, that's a problem when it's misused and abused, that's a problem. Do I want to defund police? Oh no no no, no no well, that's a problem because when I call nine one one I need someone to show and and my my son Kaden he actually went and did the research that even law enforcement it's their choice they have the option to respond to your need your 911 call they're not obligated to so i get it they're showing up out of the kindness of their heart putting their lives on the line and i thank those people that are military and those who are law enforcement especially with firemen especially in california right now that are putting their lives on the line as a first responder every day all day do i want to see anything happen to them nope and am I talking about going out and hunting them down and having them lose it up? Nope, I sure am not. But what I am asking and I am an advocate of is let's make sure that when we support people and we you know, use force, let's use the force that's, a pro- that's appropriate and necessary. I want everybody to make it home to see their kids. I want to get home and see my kids. I want you to get home and see your kids. That is not a problem. I'm not saying anything other than that. And the sad part is that I'd have to justify because what's liable to happen is that someone's liable to play this episode for law enforcement or whatever. and They get back and say, oh, this guy is anti-whatever. I'm only anti-evil. So let's get that right. I'm anti into what the devil is doing. So I don't want any part of that. I'm in the part of love and let's follow after God. I said the last break was the last one, but we're going to take this break because I got myself out of shape here. We'll be right back. It's been a long time. (laughs) Hey, you. This is Mr. C, the host of The Framework, a Christian hip hop music show. We're all getting back to life and looking for something new, clean, and something to bob your head to. Well, here it is. My four youngest sons and I were playing the best in Christian hip hop music mainstream, indie, local artists, you name it. You don't have to be a super producer to get on the show. Follow The Framework on social media for air times and locations. This is Craig Carlisle, the host of The Raising Men Show, and I'm also an executive producer of the independent feature film, Restored Me. It's a powerful, feel-good dramedy that centers around a young man trying to restore his relationship with his young daughter and her mother after his wrongful incarceration. This film speaks to restoring your faith and pushes a bold message of positivity and motivation. The cast includes Gary Owen, Bill Duke, William Lee, Matt Gerald, Richard T. Jones, Malik Yovo, Yancy Arias, and Bo Casper Smart, just to name a few. Restore Me is available on over 100 digital markets, including iTunes, Amazon, and on demand from your local cable provider. Buy it, rent it, either way, I'm asking you to watch it. It'll bless your life. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlisle. On WKBY 1080 a. we're right back at it. We were reading a couple of scriptures and dealing with this this topic, and it's it's unfortunate when we talk about exercising our freedom of speech because th- these freedoms aren't free because somebody paid for them. And the reality is the freedoms aren't free anyway because they're going to cost you something when you try to exercise them. Because even exercising my free speech as a person, there's there's all that wonderful stuff right now on social media, getting people. Uh, you know, taken out or iced out or whatever the proper term I have to ask my sixteen year old when you get a, a lot of social media push to get someone silenced and taken off and you know, that's a thing now. So if someone's exercising their fourth amendment right to what, what make sure not get the make sure we get the, the amendment numbers right. By right for free speech and I could lose my show. Okay, well Lord, you know what? If I'm doing the same what you'd have me to do and say Whatever gain or loss I have is for you. So we're going to keep it pushing. Let's read this one. So these, these are helping me understand what we should be talking about on a regular basis. We should not be having these. Well, this one says here, Titus 3.9. But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. We're having conversation with people discussing political issues and it gets heated and, you know, we, people start talking to each other and want to have a fight over a over political issue or topic. I understand being passionate, but the word here is clear that they are unprofitable and worthless because if we're not uplifting Christ and if these propositions are not uplifting Christ, you can really toss a coin and figure out which one to vote for that does the least amount of damage because there's going to be a negative in all of them. Psalms 33 and 12, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. We talked about the Pledge of Allegiance being a one nation under God. This nation is not the one who has God as their Lord. You have me go into a court of law, put my right hand on the Bible and say, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Well, wait a minute. You just took, you took. Christ and prayer out of school, you're taking God's name out of so many things and you don't lead the country or any part of the law from a godly perspective, but yet you want me to swear on the Bible, hmm, and promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me someone that you don't even believe in that could help me in this situation with your law. Hmm. I don't think that makes any sense. Matthew 27, sorry, Matthew 22, 17 to 21. Tell us then, tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a dinars. And Jesus said to him, Whose likeness and in inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, therefore, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God, the things that are God's. And it's God with a capital G, so don't get it twisted if you're not choosing to read your word and follow up. If you don't believe me, you can read all these scriptures for yourself. That's why I list them in social media, the ones I use, because there's nothing to hide. I'm, I'm standing on the word of God. I, I'm trying to, to to not have any dissension amongst the brethren. I'm not trying to have any problems because the, the political pundits, the those who are political strategists, they're going to think already, how can we make sure that the vote is so watered down, is so broken, so separated by cultural group, by gender, by, you know, association, by a, a gender assignment, that that there's such a cross-section of confusion in terms of what the issue is and are we going to play sports? Are we not going to play sports? Should we go out with a mask? Can we not wear a mask? And should I not go into the store and, and, and you know, frequent your store and be upset and angry because you're making me wear a mask That's a violation of my... You know what? I watched this thing on social media that it just about made my stomach upset. I watched this lady go into a coffee shop. And you know the sad part is it was a small coffee shop. I mean, was it a corporate owned shop franchise? Yes, it was, but it wasn't the big shops where a lot of us go spend the five or six, 12 bucks for a cup of coffee, which is ridiculous in itself. Can't put gas in the car having trouble buying food for your house, but did you buy 12 bucks for a cup of coffee, eight bucks for a cup of coffee? But anyway, she had this piece of paper. She didn't have a mask on as a customer. And it was clear for this particular area that you were not supposed to be in a business without your mask. And she went on to have some type of documentation she was trying to read out loud and force their way for her and her posse to say, hey, look, I don't have to wear my mask and you can't make me. But understand, they were in someone else's business telling that business owner how to run their business. And I, I get it. That you could say, "Well, Craig, you're walking and watching walk the thin line because back in the day, that happened. Same thing with us. You know, as you know, as blacks, we couldn't sit at the same counters, as whites, we couldn't drink from the same fountains as whites. It's the same thing. It's like, God, no, this is a great difference here. This is a great difference here. If you're trying to use the D word, discrimination. If I'm trying to, if you think I'm discriminating against you because you, I asked you to wear a mask to come in my place of establishment." to protect me from you or something that you do or not have, whether or not you believe it's a hoax or not. I know people who've died from this disease and I have a good friend who's a doctor and I asked him the same question and the question is, we have to be careful and cautious. And the reality is, if wearing a mask is that upsetting to you, that you're going to change your whole thing and upset, disrupt someone else's business and livelihood who's thankful to be able to be open to employ people during a time when their businesses are probably been closed for weeks at a time and businesses down probably eighty five percent, and you're gonna make it worse for them. I I ask you to do this, that we use some wisdom and some good judgment here, and let's get on the side of that business is glad to be open, glad that it's employing people. Is it really that big of a deal? to fight that particular battle of a mask in that particular store with your social media running to make you look a certain way. I know some people right now that are not going to like that. I need to hear my show. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. I'm a small business owner. Yeah. Am I happy to be open? Yes. Am I thankful to be open? I'm very thankful to be open. Very thankful to be on. But if a simple request of doing one thing is that catastrophic to you and you don't want to leave my establishment then that 911 call that I'm going to now make I need you to follow the instructions of the law then so I'm thankful to the law enforcement for coming out but then I have to wonder am I going to be the one arrested because I'm calling them to get them out of my business if you don't like the way some of this stuff has happened then you know what maybe you should order online and have it delivered and, I, and I'm not calling people out that way. I'm just saying some of these quarrels are unprofitable and worthless. Acts 5, 29. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were I don't want a loose description of the political parties, religious parties that were in charge. But there was rituals, there was dynamics there that had nothing to do with God, large G, following after the way and what God had put in place. We find ourselves even in that same position even now. The church is divided. Do we meet? Do we not? Do we meet inside? Do we not? Do we, do we socially distance? Do we not? Do we wear a mask? Do we not? Are they silencing the church because the we want to worship? It's about relationship. There's some things as a church body we need to do that's effective in a way that's not separating. If our actions in our pursuit of justice, in our pursuit of right make us no longer right. It's not about what we say or it's how we said it. We send, We have to be mindful of where we are and what we're doing to show the the face of God. I mean, I, I, I know people use the example that, you know, Jesus came to the temple when they were exchanging money and selling things and he turned over tables. I'm sure that didn't make Jesus look right at the time. And, and I get it, but that's not, that's not a temple you're walking into right now telling someone else how to run their business in this particular case they didn't deny you service other than the fact that hey i need you for health reasons as we have outlined it please wear a mask can you please do that because the funny thing is if i don't wear a mask and serving you stuff and i'm handling your food you're gonna have feel some kind of way about that especially if the ordinance says rendering unto caesar what a Caesar's, if caesar says when I serve you my, your Caesar salad, I need to serve it in a certain way. If the health department says I need to wash my hands so for so many minutes under some soapy water, you would want me to do that too, right? If you want, want me to wear a hairnet in the preparation of your food, right, you would want me to do that. You would want me to make sure that my hands are clean. You would want me to make sure that my establishment is clean in such a way that you don't have to worry about what we're doing. Political parties and political adjustments are going to the seas. We have to be mindful and wise as a serpent but yet gentle as doves and make sure we understand who we are and whose we are. Join us again next week where we continue to talk about the political system, political parties, and what we're going to do about it. What does the word say about it? This is Craig Carlisle, and this is the Raising Men Show. WKBY 1080 AM. We keep blessing you.